talking with a lady recently and she expressed the opinion that a robot that she saw in one of those AI films that's very realistic looking, if that was real life, then the robot would be just like a real person, just like you and I. And I said, what about uh, thinking? What about uh, having a, a loving relationship with another human being? What about sympathy? What about empathy? All that kind of stuff. She's like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it have it? It would be just a person. Look, it looks like a person. It talks like one. It walks like one. It speaks like one. What, what would be the difference between uh, uh, you and I and uh, the robot? Lady said. So this doesn't seem to be that uncommon of an opinion and it might warrant a, a further look. Consequently, <laughs> um, uh, so what's going on here? What seems to be going on is that uh, when we don't think too much and we limit our where we live on, on the superficial surface uh, of our experiences, then we don't know what the things that we encounter, what they're supposed to mean, how to understand them, uh, and so forth. For example, a little kid goes to a circus and sees a, a magician's assistant being sought apart. So the appearance is extremely convincing. Obviously, that's why it's a, it's a magic trick. If the child doesn't understand that it's a trick, then he or she is liable to think that really happened and, and, uh, and is liable to change kind of uh, the, the worldview to accommodate that. Wow, so people can be chopped apart. Hopefully not, right? Because then it could be tried <laughs> and uh, to, to horrible uh, effects or, or it sees the magician floating in the air. Oh, now I can also do that, right? So we have to be able to look beneath the surface to think and assess things and, and not just um, go off of the first impression. So here, obviously, the, the error is thinking that an, an external appearance, an external form of what we call a human being is a human being. And it looks like a person, uh, the, the robot with the silken skin, but further, it walks and talks like one. So it's a person. Like, what, what's the difference? Here, uh, we consequently betray, you know, in this kind of thinking, our utter lack of awareness of either our own inner life or, or that of others. And uh, by that, we mean... Uh, what we can't convey in words because it's not words, it's the experience of actual existence. It's of being a subject, of being an I. When I say I am hungry, I am thirsty, uh, I am sleepy, it's the I am part of that and not the hungry and the thirsty and sleepy part. When we say uh, my name or I am Bob or Bill or Jane or Alice, it's the I am part. I am 20 years old, 40 years old, 100 years old, 120 years old. It's the I am part and not the age part. That's the part that we're talking about. And uh, in, in re relation to that, that part, if we pay attention to it, can arise a whole world of, of thought and uh, kind of uh, cultivated emotion, not just off the fly, uh, but that stems from understandings and, uh, and all of that, right? And, and uh, an understanding of the world can arise and of other people and, and of uh, uh, desires that are, are fitted uh, to two human beings and not just uh, again that, that come up so a whole world can arise uh, an inner life can arise if we sprout it and if we pay attention to it and if we mind our own actual existence and unfortunately it's safe to say probably that the majority of us don't do that and consequently we live only in the external we live in the appearances we identify our existence solely with some of these concepts concerning what we call the outer world for example my job, my the situation in my neighborhood or in my country or in my um, views about this or that, what's going on in the news, the, the stock market, the sports scores. Uh, that's our whole existence uh, are these kinds of external things. We, we, and uh, consequently, we may not even be aware of the fact that we exist at all. And in fact, the person that 
lives uh, externally in this way, if if we try to get that person to understand that they exist, they 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 they, they won't, and it may take that they may never understand, or, or it could take uh, months and, and years of, of of work on themselves just to understand their own existence. Right? Not the existence of the sports score, not the existence of the stock market, not the existence of the car, not the existence of uh, the views and the, the the things that are said and the chit chat and all this, but the existence of oneself. That's a big step to to comprehend that. So consequently, when we live on, on that superficial surface, we, uh, it, we're obviously, we're, we're not aware of our own inner life. We're not aware of anybody else's inner life. We don't understand that other people exist in their own self, that it's not simply a body that exists in our perception for our needs and, and desires, but that a person exists in his or her own self. And uh, so when we see a robot that, again, looks like a, a person and, and walks and talks like one, of course, what's the question? Of course, it's real. It's, uh, it's just, like, just like you and me. Right? Uh, so going off of um, some of the consequences of, of this kind of thought, uh, we see that uh, we, we have very disordered thinking as it concerns as it concerns other people. Uh, when we don't mind that, that quote-unquote, inner realities of others, we don't know what in the world is going on or what in the world to, to, to look for. Right, so, for example, uh, um, we see a, 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 a person, which, of course, to us is just a body, and we define that body solely and that, that person, the concept arises in our mind solely in terms of our vague associations with somebody that we've seen that looks like that and what we expect from somebody that, that, from that kind of appearance and from the casual things that are said. Right, uh, and uh, our whole uh, interactions and relationships uh, also subsist on that superficial level, and consist out of making demands of other people as to how they can satisfy our desires that arise and disappear without even seemingly our uh, kind of uh, agreement. They're just there on occasion, uh, and uh, this, it, without specific work and attention, this never just goes away. It's not something that we grow out of. It's not something that's just for quote unquote sociopaths who just take it to an extreme. This is the natural default state, right? In common with all the rest of life. We, we see a, a, a bee, and good luck trying to get the bee to understand that we really truly exist, and we have a mind, we have an inner life. It, it will never understand that, and neither will an ant, and neither will an antelope, neither will, what are some other A animals, uh, an aardvark, neither will a... Uh, and so forth and so on. No, no other animals will not, not our dog. Our dog does not understand that we exist. Our dog sees a body and it sees that the body can satisfy its desires. And if it's a mean pit bull, occasionally even after uh, 10, 15 years or whatever of the, the body satisfying its desires, one day he gets angry, can try to rip that body apart. And the same thing with a tiger, no matter how cuddly it is at the circus or, or at the zoo. And the same thing with a, 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 a lion, a bear. And all those other animals, they can never understand the existence of anybody else but themselves because they're animals. They don't have the intellect for that. They, they, there's no shot. Consequently, so all of us have that in common with all of the other animals unless we specifically work to, to change that. Now, it is true, obviously, some people have a, a more naturally, they feel some kind of intuition as to the reality of other people. It's what we would call people that are more, quote-unquote, sympathetic or empathetic. Uh, or whatnot. Some people are, are just uh, drawn, right? It feels good to, to help somebody. Other people are so ex- extremely contracted into themselves that they can't get themselves to get a penny, give a penny, excuse me, uh, to, to another person 
without something in return. It just doesn't make any sense, right? We understand if we perceive somebody purely as a body, then just like flushing uh, money down the toilet. And if a person doesn't have that little bit of natural intuition that some people seem to have as to other people's existence, it's impossible. It's not because the person means something other than good. A person just considers their own interest as the, the sole reality, which is the, the instinctive natural thing, right? <laughs> but that's, it is what we call egoism and, and narcissism and, and all of that. Or maybe narcissism is a little different, but uh, egoism. Uh, but uh, even the, those of us that have a, a little bit of uh, or a lot of that natural intuition, it's not enough because then it's just instinct and it's just that we're lucky that, that we happen to, to feel commiserate with other people, feel for other people. But if we didn't, we would stop because we're not thinking about what we're doing, right? It feels good to, for, for us to, to go and give some money to somebody. For somebody else, it feels good to spit in their face. So we each do what we think, uh, what, what feels good emotionally, right? So it feels good for us to give to charity. Somebody else, it feels good to, to uh, be a robber. So it's the same thing in this way. It's just the outer differs, but the inner of just satisfying the emotion is essentially the same. So the key thing is then to think. It's to attain a degree of, of love and appreciation, understanding of other people through thought and not just through, uh, through sentiment. And we do that by, by considering, trying to, first of all, we have to figure out that we exist, right? If we don't figure out that we exist, there's no conversation. We won't even comprehend what in the world is being said right now. It'll make zero sense. It's like, what? Uh, I, uh, it make no sense. So we have to figure out I exist. I am, right? If everything is taken away from my experience, I won't be taken away. If I close my eyes, I'm still there. If I shut my ears, I'm still there. If I don't feel anything on my skin, I'm still there. And the same thing with uh, the taste sensations and did we mention uh, herring and whatever other ones there are feeling of the limbs in space and if we take away all the thoughts we take away all the emotions we take away all the memories we take away any semblance of uh, personal identity uh, anything and everything we take away but we will never take the self away we'll never take i away said from your perspective and and this the, in my perspective as well that, that can never be taken away so we have to deduce that we have to figure that out we have to create a separation between our ourself and everything that is is ours, right? Just like it would be a person might uh, identify so much with uh, their car that any little scratch on the car is a scratch to themselves. It's like a, a paper cut to them. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. All right, so that that's how we identify with our body. Generally, it's how we identify with our emotions, with with our identity. It's not us, but it is so closely tied to to, to us. That we, we mistake it for ourselves, and we, we uh, fight and die for the interest of, for, of these emotions and, and for our most, uh, bodily interest and all of that. So we have to create that separation. I'm I. I'm, I'm one thing and my body and my mind and my uh, emotions and, um, and all this are other things. They're valuable things. They're, they're things that I try to perfect and I try to uh, use to, to the best possible ends. But they're not me. They're not synonymous with me. So when I can figure that out, then I can try to see that I, quote unquote, in others. Meaning, when I see another body uh, that is passes certain criteria, that is organic, that is homo sapien, that is biological. We, we said that organic, right? Meaning not a, not a robot by any stretch of the imagination ever. That is animated, meaning not a corpse. Uh, and um, then in, in a case like that, I can see that uh, uh, we can think that is another self. That's fundamentally like mine. Yeah, it's a different body. It's a different name. It's a different face. It's a different personality. It's a different mind. 
different emotions, different memories, but that's not me, right? I'm me. I'm I. And that I is right there, meaning that that what, what I see expresses that I just like my body and my mind and my emotions does. It's just another part of, uh, of myself. So when we can, can uh, try to pull that off, then we can begin to interact with other human beings, with, with other eyes, with other selves, and not simply with other objects, not simply with other bodies. And then we can begin to pay attention to who it is that we're dealing with, not what it is that we're dealing with, meaning our associations that come to mind, uh, our, our connections, our kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the concept, that's, uh, the superficial concept that forms in, in connection with a given body, but who it is that we're dealing with. And uh, who it is is the I, but expressed in terms of a given mind, expressed in terms of a given degree of, of human development, uh, expressed in terms of a certain uh, uh, distance traveled from the initial animal, purely animalistic, instinctive, unconscious uh, origins. That, that most of us, unfortunately, remain in, we can begin to pay attention to that. And um, needless to say, we will never, ever make the mistake of thinking that a robot, no matter how realistic, is an I, is a self. Uh, but we also will not uh, simply assume that uh, and, and, and interpret things as that each and every body that we see indicates everything the same, right? It indicates the I, it indicates the self, but it doesn't mean that it, it, it indicates an equal degree of development. It indicates the equivalent mind. And we're going we're gonna to pay attention to that. For example, we can um, note that uh, it's, it's funny, actually, and uh, a pretty famous uh, is it a French think, uh, thinker. Yeah, fr- French thinker a couple hundred years ago remarked how parents, uh, <laughs> when a baby is born, the, the parents love the baby probably more than at any other time of, of the baby's life. Oh, I love you so much, right? But then as the baby gets older and develops his or her own personality and his or her own interests, then maybe the love is a little bit reduced for at least some parents, if not most parents, if not just about all parents, right? When the baby that's no longer a baby is an adolescent, is an adult, and wants to do what he or she wants, that maybe that could potentially hurt the feelings of the parent or conflict with the parent's uh, fantasies and wishes for the child, then the love is reduced, Right, so it's this. This is an example of that. When we don't think what we're dealing with, everything is flipped on its head. The baby is is a, is a, an organic form of life that indicates the most simplistic, uh, elementary degree of development. It's cute. It's uh, or he or she is cute. Obviously, we're not the, the, supposed to negate our absolutely natural, great uh, parental instincts when we see a baby or even when we see somebody else's baby. We have to be conscious that this is just instinct. This is just animalism. It's the same thing as with a, uh, even an alligator, right? Cares for its, uh, carries the eggs uh, very carefully in its mouth. Never mind the bear, never mind whales, never mind seals, dolphins, the, the penguins, right? They all take care of their young, which we should as well do 100 million percent, obviously. But we have to be conscious that it is just the animal instinct. What's human? What is an awareness of other selves, an awareness of the I, an awareness of other people's existence is when we're able to have a, a, a relationship with an adult child, right? When we're able to, when our love grows and increases for a person as he or she develops morally and intellectually, not simply the, the visceral sentiments that we feel when we see a, a child. The same thing goes then to make it practically applicable, these concepts uh, to, in our uh, you know, romantic relationships. It's, a, it's the same thing. It's flipped on its head. It's the opposite of what, in theory, if we were thinking people, it would be. 
Uh, right? And how is it in reality? In reality is that at first when we meet somebody, we're taken, we're blown away, right? If, if we fall for somebody, as it said, and uh, our emotions uh, it, it kick in and it's a, uh, ooh, ah, right? It's, uh, it's a fantasy. And then after a couple of years when the fantasy wears off and where the, the realities of living together come in, then that, that very good chance, at least for a couple people here and there, right? The, the emotions for, uh, or the, the relationship sours, why? Because it's exactly the same. The, uh, the animals also feel certain passions for each other. They're also enamored with each other, right? but that's their animals. We, in that, in that category, are the same way. But the goal then is to go off of that, not to negate it, but to go off of that and to build a human relationship, which is based on an awareness of the other person's existence, not just as a body, but as an eye, based on a, a sensitive, delicate appreciation and insight into, or, or as it concerns, Again, the person's mind, a person's degree of development where they're holding as a human being and the goal then of a human relationship, not an animal one, would be to do everything possible to give to the other person to aid and enable their growth and vice versa. Right? So on the contrary, uh, the, the longer that a relationship goes on that's human and, and not animal, the deeper it should be, the more love there should be, the more appreciation uh, there should be that comes from giving and giving and giving and 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 uh, having a share in creating a real full human being and vice versa, hopefully. And so the same thing goes uh, uh, with anything and everything. When we are aware of other people's existence and not just as bodies, but as selves, it's a, it's a totally different um, uh, space, quote unquote, that, that, that we live in, in our interpersonal relations. Uh, when we meet a stranger, Right. The, the initial default is, of course, the animalistic uh, assessment. Is this a, is it a threat? Is it somebody that can bring me pleasure, can do something for me? Can I give them my business card for my 10 step marketing uh, markets uh, sales program or whatnot? That's our first uh, thoughts that come to mind. Right? Can I get this person's number if they're attractive? Uh, maybe they, they look a little scary. So let me get away. That's the only things we're thinking about when we're aware that a person exists in their own self. We're trying to immediately connect with that self. We're trying to perceive that self as best as we can, form a notion of it. Through, obviously, the sign that the body serves as a sign, we can't directly perceive an, uh, the person's existence or their mind or their character, but uh, as a, using the, the body as a sign. So consequently, uh, we, we bypass then the, the external animalistic uh, uh, nonsense as quickly as possible, and we connect eye to eye with not literally with our, our eyeballs, but uh, in this sense, I, in the I am sense, with uh, as, as many people as we can, right? Uh, with as many different characters uh, as we can, as, as many different minds as, as we can, and we work toward their benefit. Why? Because they're, they are our self, right? So it's not simply just a, 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 something else that's my non-self that I have to figure out how, uh, how to get something from it. It's myself. I'm, when I benefit, quote unquote, another person, I benefit myself. When I hurt another person, I hurt myself. So that's a totally different then system of, of morality that, that we have uh, that's not based on simply behavioral conditioning and uh, other animalistic nonsense. So in conclusion, no robots will never, ever, 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 ever be real, no matter how realistic their silicon skin is, no matter how powerful the computer inside of the uh, metallic skull or however it's, it, it's built, it'll never happen. And uh, the only reason that we sometimes think these kinds of things is because we are not aware of our own existence. Never mind, are we aware of anybody else's existence? And until we are, we're consigned to lead an animal life 
of strife and misery and animalistic destructive competition with others. No matter what we say and no matter how lovey-dovey we, we think we are and what, what kind of words we use, until we truly realize these ideas and understand our own existence and that of others, that, that's what it is. So let's think about it. Thank you for listening.